Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Pearson from Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, and we are super blessed that you have taken time out of your day to join us here on the program. If you are a first-time listener, we want to say welcome to the program and to let you know that we got a treat for you, 150 or so episodes by going to past episodes by going to shoutsofgraceradio.com. And there you can catch up on a number of topics um, as we take you through God's word and apply a biblical worldview to different uh, matters in life. And if you are a return listener, uh, we want to say thank you very much for um, just supporting us and walking with us uh, each week. And as always, we want to give a shout out to Key Radio for the use of their studios here in Provo, Utah. Well, as usual here on Shouts of Grace, I have different guests. Sometimes those guests are in studio. Sometimes they're on the phone, different pastors from around the country. Friends of mine, as, as we just kind of jump into God's word in different areas, and so today is no different. Um, I have a, a good friend, Pastor Michael Cunningham from, I can say it's, he's kind of got a dual affiliation. He's got a, he's got a redemption hill stamp on him because he's, um, he's on one of the pastors on the staff at our church, but he's also a church planter who's going to be planting his own church. How are you, my brother? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. No, thanks for being here. Well, Mike, um, this is a very special week for Christians. Obviously, this is um, Palm Sunday weekend, and and then we're going to be moving into Passion Week. And so, um, you know, for for us as believers, it has it has a particular you know weight on us uh, spiritually and and what it means. And so, what I thought would be a good thing to do is, in the very short amount of time we have, is to go through a good portion of Jesus's last week. And I think the reason for that is. There's a lot of lessons that I think God packs into that last week that we need to open our eyes to. And so um, if you're listening, we're going to be scattered throughout uh, Luke chapter 19 and Luke chapter 20. And so if if you wanted to follow along, you could. But but I just want to start it off by by creating that day, Mike, where, where Jesus, for the first time, is allowing himself to now be called the king, right? And he's coming in and this is just really this epic event where all these people are just lining the road that he's on and they're throwing these palm branches and, and, and he's, you know, on the back of a donkey. And it's just this, this scene that, that you wouldn't expect a conquering King to right. come in. <laughs> Where's the chariot? Exactly. Where's the spear and the armor? Exactly. And the regalia. Yeah. And I, <laughs> Here, here's my followers. We're going to overthrow Rome with palm branches. Join, <laughs> join the procession. <laughs> so, so it's, it's an epic scene because it's almost, it's just, it goes against everything we know as conqueror, you it's know? True. But but the truth is, is Jesus did come to conquer, but obviously he wasn't conquering Rome. He's conquering the heart of men. And we'll look more at that in a second. But but I want to start off where Jesus is 
Everyone's excited. He's moving in. And he comes to this point where he oversees the city of Jerusalem. And in, in, in Luke chapter 19, verse 41, it says, when he drew near and he saw the city, he wept over it saying, would that you had even had known on this day the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes for the days will come upon you when your enemy will set up a barricade around you, surround you, hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. And so you get this scene where Jesus weeps and he tells us why he weeps. Talk about what God is trying to show us in that. See, Jesus rejects Jerusalem because Jerusalem rejected him. Mm. They didn't realize what was going on. They, again, missed the point. As we, you know, I talk about missing a point a lot in as so many times as we look at scripture, the same way that we sometimes look at a passage and we miss it. People beheld his triumphal entry, his ministry, and at that moment, they missed it. They didn't understand. And so what Jesus is weeping because he's foretold of the desolation that's going to happen, that Jerusalem is going to be flattened. This is going to be destroyed. And there's, this has been foretold, and unfortunately, it's gonna, it's imminent at this point. And he, is, he doesn't want to see that happen. I mm. mean, it's his people. That's yeah. his, his, his background. And yeah. so all of a sudden, he's coming. You know, he shows a little bit of his human side because obviously the God's sovereignty side is like, well, there it is. But the human side says, expresses sadness. And, and I think you bring up a good point because I, I think if you if you apply this this lesson, what Jesus is really saying is, is it does break God's heart when they miss the Son of God. You know, Jesus said, you should have known this thy day, thy day, the hour of your visitation. He's making a point that you should have been out here with the palm branches because there was a day that was told that he would come in on the back of a donkey. You should have known by what I did over the past three years. You should have seen. And so when people miss Jesus, it breaks God's heart. God doesn't take take pleasure in the death of the wicked. But you're, as you said, Jesus is actually saying, because you've missed me, desolation is coming. And, and, and isn't that not true? When a person misses God in this life, both in this life and the next, it, it's, it's tantamount to the same. It's, you, you're going to reap some serious destruction in life if you miss the Son of God, and even worse, in the next life. Right. It's a, yeah. And there's cause and effect. I mean, we have, we're accountable for our actions. And I think that there's, um, obviously the grace is there for us. And, you know, in many cases it's so easy, but just the same way that even today we miss the gospel, they missed it. And in AD 70 Romans come in and sorry about that. Yeah. Well, next thing he does is, is he weeps over the city. Then he enters into the city Mm -hmm. and then he goes straight to this place called the temple. Right. Right. And he does something unimaginable. He walks into the temple and by his mere actions, there is an implication that he has the right to do what he's doing. And he starts to turn over tables and he starts to drive people out of God's house. What was he doing why and what's the message God was sending? So if I'm not mistaken, this is the second time he's cleansed the temple once in John chapter two to begin his ministry. And now at the That's end right. of his earthly ministry, he's doing it again. And he's basically saying, I'm God, I'm God incarnate. I'm the son of God. You know, this, this uh, is 
God is not being honored in that worship, that place of worship. And so he goes in there and cleans house. Mm. And, and I think it's interesting that, that, you know, there's a zeal there, right? right? The zeal of the Lord has done this. And he comes in and he says, my father's house is supposed to be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. You have taken something that God designed and you have perverted it to serve your own ends, right? And, and I think there's a, there's a huge lesson in there, you know, that, that when we talk about the things that belong to God, the things that have been designed by God for a purpose, and we misuse those things and we turn them around for our own self-aggrandizement or, 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 or what else, Jesus has the authority and the right to come in and correct and rebuke the churchgoers to say, you have misrepresented what this is about, because that's really what he was doing, right? We, we know what was taking place there, right? They were, they were supposed to be, I mean, they, they were ripping people off for everything, right? They would, they, they, they were, they were serving themselves, you know, through, through, through filthy lucre and charging people for, for sacrifices and saying other people's sacrifices they were, they were bringing weren't good enough. And they, they were just using the, the, the house of the Lord for merchandise. It really was about self. And, and I think that's repulsive, Mike. It is repulsive. And unfortunately, it's easy to creep in because you see people even today, we use Christ almost as a character reference or as I'm a Christian, you know, as a, as a means of, of self-promotion and getting, you know, there was a time when politicians joined a church. Just mm. so they could say, I'm this, I'm that, work, mm. work their constituency. And so you have, even back then, uh, you have people that were profiting off of the church. And, you know, and, and rightfully so, Christ took offense at that and Christ cleaned that up. Yeah. And, and I think, I think you see that in a lot of different ways today. You see, you see people using God's house, God's reputation, as you said, for their own self. They want to promote themselves. I want to, you know, and so, you know, not a single, (laughs) there's not a single nonprofit or lobby that wouldn't love the pulpit. Yeah, exactly. And as your pastor, we, we get inundated with that. Yeah. So, so, he goes on and now he kind of, and, and, and this is a very interesting of a, a kind of a very interesting landscape here is, is in the old Testament um, when the Passover would come, right? We're told that the, that, that the Passover would commence, but four days before that on the 10th of Nisan, the Israelites were to choose a lamb and mm-hmm. each, each household was to choose their lamb. They were to examine it really for four days, make sure there was no spot or blemish. And then on the 14th of Nisan, they were to present their Passover lamb. And so in, and so in almost kind of overlaying, you know, God is doing the same thing. It's it's four days before the Passover, Jesus comes in, and then the next week, the Lamb of God is examined for spot or blemish, right? And so the first thing is his authority is challenged, where the Pharisees come to him and they say, tell us, what right do you have to do these things? And Jesus answers them and says, I'll answer you if you answer me. Was John's baptism from men or was it from God? And they conferred amongst each other. Well, if we say it was from man, you know, and so he's, he's playing on them. Right. And they come back and say, we don't know. And then Jesus says, then neither am I going to tell you by what authority or right. It's just like, he's clowning these guys, man. I just, I love it. But, (laughs) but they're, they're, they're examining the, the the lamb of God for spot or blemish. And, and so talk about, you know, 
in reality, when, when a person when, when a person examines the claims of Jesus, when it's healthy and when it's not, when they're on the side of trying to quote unquote trap him, they're they're trying to find something. So you know, would you say questioning the claims of Christ is bad altogether? Questioning that authority is bad altogether, or is there a context in which it is bad? I think there's seeking and then there's questioning. Because a seeking is I'm trying to figure out, is this true? Yeah. For my own personal family, myself, my spirituality, you know, are these claims true? And, and that's, that's not bad, that's right? That's not bad at all. I mean, there's there's people who focus on answering those questions to help people get bridge that gap. Um, when it comes to questioning, I tend to think of people who are negotiating with God about his standards and and or trying to use his standards against, you know, for their own purpose and and their own um their own plans and so what you have in here is people that are just trying to be disruptive and be um someone who's who are threatened by the gospel Hmm. by the way in our day it's very common to find people that are threatened by the gospel message Hmm. you're going to get opposition you're going to get people who are going to tear down your faith your character they're going to pick at things. They're going to try to run you in circles. And in situations like this, you look at Christ, it happened to him, so it's going to happen to us. And mm. we have to be ready to give an account. Yeah. Hey, let's continue this on the other side of the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Welcome back to the program. I'm in studio today with a good friend of mine and pastor at Redemption Hill Church, Michael Cunningham, who's also going to be planting Grace Church soon, um, hopefully here in the in the next uh, coming months. And so, uh, Mike, before the break, we were talking about just this last week of Jesus's life and how Jesus is, is now came into the city of Jerusalem. He's allowed himself to be proclaimed as the king and the examination begins of the Lamb of God, right? God has presented his lamb that that John the Baptist referred to early on in the ministry, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. I think at the day on which Israel was choosing a lamb, which we know as Palm Sunday, God was presenting what John the Baptist told. Here's the Lamb of God. And now the examination begins. And before the break, we were just talking about this idea of how, how we, we do the same thing. We, we like to examine the claims of Jesus. And you pointed out something great, that, that there's, it's one thing to question. It's, it's another thing to, to be cynical and try to trap. And I think oftentimes what happens in that case is people really aren't interested in the claims of Christ. They're just interested in the implications and what that means. And so if you're telling me I'm a sinner and I can't live my life how I want to live, then I'm going to test you and I'm going to go at you and I'm going to be cynical and I'm going to draw, you know, and and so I I think we see that in in our culture today. We've seen it for basically 2000 years, but we see it amping up certainly in our day where where people don't, don't want God to rule over them, right? They don't want a king. There's an absolute difference between people who feel like this planet is all there is and people who feel like there's more. Hmm. The people who feel like this planet is all there is, all they can see, touch, taste, and smell is basically reality. They're going to usually react very poorly to being told. It's going to be a crisis of, it's going to be an existential crisis. It's going to be, hmm. oh my gosh, why am I here? What's the meaning of life? What's going on? 
and they're going to usually kind of react in a, I don't know, kind of a defensive mode. Hmm. And so what happens is you, those times you have to deal with those folks, you know, and gen- gently and nicely. Others, other people are going to be just, they've got, they've already made up their mind. They've got their own ax to grind. They got their own life to live and they're seeing the Bible as barriers to doing what they want to do. Hmm. And that can get nasty because they just want to see this as, oh, I can just talk my way out of it. Kind of like a defense attorney. I just going to get off. I can, yeah. I can, I can argue my way out of this. And some in that said in, in those instances, the Bible just becomes something that they just want to, to disprove so that they can do what they want to do. Yeah. And I, and I think there's, there's things that would warn believers, you know, um, scripture that warn believers against, you know, casting your pearl before the swine, right? Not giving holy to the dogs, let's say take and trample under a foot. I mean, you know, we're, we're all about the non-believer. We're all about seeing the lost come to know Christ, but there's also a discernment aspect where when a person is not interested, but they're just interested in taking what's, what's holy and trampling it under their foot, that, that, that becomes our responsibility to say, look, they ain't ready to hear it and I'm not ready to give it. Right. And there's people who just like to bother people to antagonize people. And if they tell you care about something, they're just going to tear it down just for their own amusement. And, and, you know, <laughs> I, the, the, the godly thing would be to not throw your pearl before the swine. The, the fleshly thing to do, which I sometimes do, is when I see that somebody is antagonistic towards the gospel and they're being belligerent about it. I, I, and, and I'm not advocating this, but but m- the temptation for me is to meet them where they're at and and kind of and kind of do what what our what what, what our prophet did on Mount Carmel. Where, where's your God at? You know, did he really go to relieve himself? Is he in the bathroom and make fun of their position by filleting them? And that's not that's not god's heart either and so so as as we look at this mike what we see is is the lessons where jesus weeps over a people that have missed him and god weeps over people that miss him we see that that jesus goes in and he cleanses a temple and, and there's a design for what god has made to be holy and, and and god cares about it and we see this idea that 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 jesus's authorities is, is challenged that he continues to have his authority challenged when the next test is paying taxes to caesar and they say they come to him and they say ha we got him now right you know and and explain what happens there and and, and what the lesson is with that oh this is just the best example <laughs> of just nice try children <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know, the, the Mike commentary on this is he says, child, please, because they try to trap him. They try to say, well, if he says I'm supposed to pay taxes, then the, it, it implicates the church. But if this is not pay taxes, then somehow the church is now in in uh, illegal. And so they're just trying to trap him. And so he just says, well, you give unto Caesar. You know, whose picture is on the coin? And they say, Caesar, well, they give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. It's the most beautiful <laughs> A nice try in the in uh, example that I can think of. Yeah, I love it because I mean you're trying to trap God in the flesh. I mean, come <laughs> on, man! Like really, you know? It's For like sure. it's like He knows all things, you know. And and I think I think I think one of the messages that Jesus has given here is look, th- there's things that you need to tend to in the world, right? It just is what it is, right? You're, you're going you're gonna to have to get a job and work in the world. You're going to have to pay taxes in the world, right? There's things that, that are just part of responsibilities, but those responsibilities never, never are to keep you from the responsibility that you have with God too, right? And so 
regardless of of what it is. I, I you know, I, I got to give to Caesar what is Caesar's, right? I, I got to I got to go to work, and it's taking all my time. Okay, give what you're called to give, but understand God too is in this equation, and so you are not allowed to 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 not have responsibility towards God at the same time. So I have a responsibility to build my relationship with the Lord, and it doesn't matter what's in the world, you know, in in regard to my responsibilities. So whether it's a job, well, I can't go to church on Sunday, but you can meet with God at some point, you you, you know, okay. It, there's really never, I, I love what Jesus does. He says, look, you, one responsibility towards one does not negate the other responsibility, right? You're called to live in this life and be a light, you know, of the world and to let that light shine. And you are called to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, which one? Yes and yes, both, <laughs> right? And right. so Jesus is kind of parsing this out for them and letting them know, yo, I ain't praying in this game with you guys, you know, you pay your taxes because that's what people do. And you love God because that's what Christians do. And, and, and they're just kind of trying to, trying to swing one by him. And, <laughs> and I just love it, man. He's, he's so good at that. Well, the, the story then kind of continues as, as this testing, if you will, uh, continues and, and, and now they start to move to the afterlife and it's like, oh my gosh, like you're going to, you're going to, you're going to question the son of God who's been from eternity about the afterlife. Like, come on, man. Yeah. So, but this is what they do. And they, and they present this bizarre scenario to him where it's like, you know, there's this woman, she's married to a husband and he dies. And so the brother takes her and then he dies and the brother takes her. And I'm like, I'm waiting for Jesus to say, yo, this woman's bad luck, man. You need right. to like, but, but their whole point is to say, so, so tell us, you know, in the resurrection, whose wife will she be? You know, and it's like, uh, and Jesus said, ah, but you are in error because you do not know the scriptures. Right. And then he corrects them. W- what's the lesson that God is trying to tell us there? It's, 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 it's very interesting. Well, isn't it interesting how they're putting their own experiences and their own, um, des- their own paradigms on the afterlife? Yeah. You know, that, that is, he just says, guys, it's so much bigger than what you think. And you guys are in error. And it's just, it's kind of a, about the, the question is kind of silly. And I think that that's where he's, again, he is putting the religious leaders where they need to be, which is under his authority. And again, it's, I, when I, before I ever judge the religious leaders of the day, I think about what about me? What are the questions I have? What presuppositions mm-hmm. am I bringing to the Bible mm-hmm. and my theology? And I think that it's important again, that Jesus is kind, but he does never, he never minces words. He never backs down mm-hmm. and he tells the truth. And yeah. I think that that's what I love about he, the way he handles these situations. Yeah. And he gets, so, so he gets done with this examination I can just sit here. I, I can just see him I, in my own mind, just kind of sitting there going, okay, anyone else? <laughs> like, come on. Like we've been doing this for three days now, like anybody else, because I'm about ready to stand in front of pilot tomorrow. And he's going to say, I find no fault in you. Right. And so you've got this examination of the lamb of God for when God presents his lamb for, for four days only to stand in front of Pilate and Pilate to say, well, why is he here? I don't find any fault. There's no spot. There's no blemish. And what do they say? Well, then crucify him. They are, they are playing out the Old Testament in real time, in living time. But Jesus says this to those, to those men. He says, um, after they examine him, he says to the people, and in the hearing of all the people, he said to his disciples, beware of the scribes who, who like to walk around in long robes and love greetings in the marketplace and the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honors at feast.'" 
who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers, they will receive a greater condemnation. In the last minute we have, Mike, talk about the importance of having a real transparent relationship with God because here were people that thought and made everyone else believe they were close to God and Jesus exposes them. So they test Jesus, Jesus passes, and then he passes the judgment on them in the end and says, these guys are fakes. Talk about the importance of having a real relationship with God. It is so easy to walk, act, talk like a Christian or like a believer or give Jesus lip service. There's not a single politician who won't have a speechwriter quote Jesus on something whenever they want to get something passed. It's not about that. It's about, do I know Jesus? Is he Lord of my life? Have I received his grace? These are the questions we should ask. And then from that relationship, that's when our, that's when authenticity comes forth because otherwise, guys, you can't fake this. Hmm. And it's not about playing church or, or pretending to be a Christian. It's, it's about having that relationship with Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, we are out of time for this episode of Shouts of Grace. Uh, Mike, thanks for being on, and, and you're a frequent on the show, so I'm sure you'll be back on in the, in the next coming weeks. But, hey, listen, if, if you need a prayer for anything or you need to know more about following Jesus, be sure to reach out to us at ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. God bless you guys, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shouts of Grace.